Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Welcome to The Megyn Kelly Show, your home for open, honest, and provocative conversations. Hey everyone, I'm Megyn Kelly. Welcome to The Megyn Kelly Show. There is a lot of news to cover today. The craziness in Chicago and these teachers refusing to do their jobs. The lawlessness in New York, where we've now got New York City, a a DA who doesn't much want to prosecute crime. Doesn't matter how many cops they put back on the streets or refund the police for. Um, you, you can't can't prosecute crime if you don't have a DA who will go after it. We'll tell you what he's doing. Uh, but, but first, we start with this. The Democrats and the media, but I repeat myself, are going all in on January 6th. Perhaps you've noticed wall-to-wall coverage, dramatic speeches, moments of reflection, even a prayer vigil, all planned to mark the day. This is how the vice president of the United States of America, Kamala Harris, described January 6th this morning. Fellow Americans, good morning. Certain dates echo throughout history, including dates that instantly remind all who have lived through them where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault. Dates that occupy not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941, September 11th, 2001, and January 6th, 2021. This is absurd. That is absurd. This day does not deserve to be mentioned in the same breath as those other days. How dare she? How dare she? She's just the latest to try to exploit a dark, disturbing riot over which none of us is proud. No one no one thinks that was a good day or a a proud day in America. But how dare you compare it with something as grave as the murder of 3000 Americans on 9-11 Pearl Harbor? She's not the first to do it. The pundits from The Washington Post have done it. The Huffington Post, ABC News, MSNBC and elsewhere have been doing it for a year. It's quite something to hear it directly from the vice president, however. Look, there's no need to overstate what happened on that day. There's no need to overstate it. It was embarrassing. It was gross and it was illegal. People rioted at the U.S. Capitol. I'm not talking about the people who went and listened to Trump. That's one thing. Don't don't lump them in. People went and listened to Trump and they're allowed to do that. 
Um, but the people who went and rioted at the U.S. Capitol with BS claims about cracking and stolen ballots and all of it, the Sidney Powell line of stolen election claims, uh, those people, A, were wrong, and B, those who actually engaged in violence ought to be held accountable. They hurt cops. They scared a lot of public servants and they desecrated a revered place. Many have been prosecuted, by the way, and that's good. That's good. But for the record, not a single one has been charged with insurrection because this wasn't one. (laughs) This wasn't one. Don't you think they would have charged it if they had it? They would have. Trust me. Uh, You don't have to take my word for it. This is what the FBI, the FBI has concluded. They've been investigating this for a year. This is how Reuters wrote up its read of their report. Quote, 90 to 95 percent of these, the people who involved on January 6th, are one off cases citing a former law, senior law enforcement official with knowledge of the investigation. Then you have 5% maybe of these militia groups that were more closely organized, but there was no grand scheme to storm the Capitol and take hostages. Right. We know that. The New York Times podcast, The Daily, reported the same this week. I mean, it's fact. They reported the same this week. They actually reenacted, it was pretty interesting, an FBI interview with one of the rioters. See, there wasn't an audio. It was only a written transcript. So they actually admitted to hiring a voice actor, voice actors, to reenact the FBI interview with one of these guys, a self-described lifelong Democrat who described how he just kind of found himself there that day and got caught up in what he called the herd mentality. Stupid me. I've gone through this a million times in my mind as to what I was doing there and why what I was doing. This, This word, this this term herd mentality is the only thing that I could say or relate to. It is just, everyone was kind of, you know, the gate was open and all the cattle went out. That's why the crimes charged that day are virtually all trespass or some other petty crime. Those who hurt cops are facing worse and that's good. But the media and Democrats treating this like it's another 9-11 is wrong. No one other than Trump supporter Ashley Babbitt was killed that day. Some people died of natural causes. And the Democrats, including Biden, including President Biden, continue to tout the case of Officer Brian Sicknick as another example of an example of of a cop being killed by the rioters. But it's not true. He was not killed by rioters that day or any other. He died of natural causes as well, something the media continues to try to ignore or actively misrepresent. Uh, I, for one, am sick of the misrepresentations. It was what it was. It does not deserve a full day of vigils and moments of silence and comparisons to 9-11. I I think those of us who knew people who died on 9-11 or who lived through it ourselves are really kind of sick of that. It's disrespectful to the families. Go read Deb Burlingame in the Wall Street Journal if you don't believe me. Her brother was captaining the flight that crashed into the Pentagon, and she doesn't want to hear this talk anymore. Um, They want to change the subject from what's happening with COVID, what's happening with crime, what's happening coast to coast in, in this country when it comes to our economy, the supply chain crisis, inflation, and so on. And the cable nets want to inflate their ratings. Have you seen the numbers for CNN and MSNBC? They're at record lows. And they were at record highs when they covered January 6th. It was right up their alley. It confirmed all their darkest beliefs about all Trump supporters and all Republicans. And now a chance to relive it is too delicious for them to ignore. That's what's happening. That's what's happening as you watch TV and pick up your morning paper 
and see the ubiquitous coverage of this. Now the Democrats are even talking about trying to make this into a primetime Watergate-like hearing, openly talking about what the ratings for that would be. They want their moment in the sun. They want to look like little government watchdogs are going to hold the awful people to account. Never mind all of the stories that they have memory hold, right, when it comes to the the Black Lives Matters riots that happened that killed a lot of cops whose names will not be mentioned. Right. What happened in in uh, in the Midwest in the wake of the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict when when this man mowed down a lot of innocent people. No, we don't get to talk about that. Uh, And I could go on. Joining me now to discuss it all. Back by popular demand, by the way, because we've had so much fun with them during their last appearances. The hosts of the Ruthless podcast, which you must, must listen to if you don't. They're great. Michael Duncan, Josh Holmes, and the man known to his Twitter, quote, minions as comfortably smug. Smug, as we call him. He told us last time he hides his identity so he doesn't have to deal with upset lefties all the time. (laughs) You guys, so do I have it right? I mean, this is no one's defending January 6th, but the treating of this like it's the anniversary of 9-11 to me is disgusting yeah i mean look your your monologue was like uh, batting practice yeah it's dead on i mean i I feel like you hit all of the high marks i mean no question about it the thing is if you have any question about the way that these are these guys are handling this just turn on cnn for like one second and look at the chiron right i don't care what time a day today you do that it'll tell you everything about how they view this and and you said it in your monologue this is a, a day that they had the highest ratings that they've ever had. And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to squeeze more blood out of that stone. Unfortunately, it comes at the cost of an incredible misrepresentation about what we ought to be feeling and thinking about today. Right. It's the when you go back and look, um, I actually had my team pull the ratings and, and they celebrated. I mean, completely, you know, kind of gross. They celebrated their high ratings on January 6th right after. Yeah. Which was gross. Um, But if you look at sort of, I'm trying to pull up my email of the actual ratings that they've been enjoying lately, they literally at record lows. I'll tell you guys, if I got anything near these ratings, I would have been fired. My Fox News would have (laughs) fired my ass. I I would have been embarrassed to put these numbers on the board, but they're down at like, they're not even at 600,000 in the overall, in the overall. Are you kidding me? I used to get 600,000 in the demo, 25 to 54. This is (laughs) pre-Trump when you actually had to work for your ratings. Um, And so they're salivating at the prospect of, of good numbers. It's it's shameless. It's absolutely shameless on the part of the media to try to pump their ratings. It's shameless of Kamala Harris to sit there now and she's suddenly going to be tough on crime again when during that summer of violence and rioting across the country where they're burning down police stations in Minnesota and she's promoting a bail fund for violent rioters. Right. Those are people who who got out of jail because of the promotion of Kamala Harris of this bail fund and then they reoffended. Violently hurt people, attacked people. And and then so that wasn't an insurrection across the country. And now she's going to sit there now and say, oh, well, you know, January 6th is Pearl Harbor. My grandfather fought in World War Two. God rest his soul. But I'm sure he'd be offended by that characterization. Not the same thing. And I think it's absolutely important that she be called Kamal Harris be called out for that is there's a lot of 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 younger folks who've now come of age who have no memory of September 11th. They, they don't remember what that day felt like, the absolute horror of that day, of, of how that, that day went on and on. We were looking for survivors in the rubble. 
That's a great point. The number kept going up. It was that is collective trauma for a country, mm-hmm. you know, unbelievable. That many people who are murdered and to compare to ever compare a moment like that. And I think it's important that that, you know, we let people know that this has, you know, the comparison between January 6th and September 11th is so not just absurd, but obscene. And I, I would imagine, you know, folks who were alive during Pearl Harbor feel the same way. Like, I would be shocked to compare a, a, a day when we had uh, so many American soldiers murdered. The st- Statuary Hall, for example, oh. on, on, on Capitol Hill right now is full of cameras. And this is going to be, you know, where where they reflect on January 6th, a year later. Yeah, Megan, it, I don't know if you saw this. They had a picture out this morning. Of Statuary Hall, I know, you know, you've covered State of the Unions and you know how, how that's kind of the place where all the cameras assemble for no other time other than a State of the Union. You look at that thing today, it looks like a State of the Union. It's got a full CNN set in the damn thing. What, what's the purpose of this? I mean, what? why are and, they trying and, to elevate? And all those people, those people in Statuary Hall, those Democrats who are going to sit there and compare January 6th to 9-11 or to Pearl Harbor. When the riots were going on in the summer with BLM in 2020, they were in Statuary Hall, kneeling in Kenty cloths, doing nothing, stopping mm-hmm. nothing. There were 2000 officers who were who were grievously injured, and hurt in those riots that summer. And no one is talking about what they go through. Right. No one is talking about so no many one small cares. businesses across this country yeah. were burned down. And, and, and back to what you were saying earlier, Megan, about COVID and, and you know how frustrated people are. Go back to 2020. That summer, you had people locked in their homes and you had people in the medical establishment saying, you know what? It's actually OK. It's OK to go out into the streets and aid these people who are burning down American cities because BLM is more important than fighting COVID. The yep. people who are locking mm-hmm. you in your home. So so people are ex- experiencing that cognitive dissonance in real time. And of course, they got frustrated. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, no, exactly. And that, it's the same thing to me as like Anthony Fauci wanting people to lose their jobs if they don't get a vaccine, which we know doesn't even prevent covid um, <laughs> while he's raking in four hundred plus thousand dollars a year. So he wants you fired. He wants firefighters fired and nurses fired and doctors fired. And he's going to sit there collecting his $400,000 a year, judging everyone for not getting the vaccine, even if they've had natural community uh, immunity. The 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 incongruity, right, and the out-of-touch nature of the, of our so-called leaders is infuriating. The regular American doesn't give a damn about marking the anniversary of January 6th. They don't care. Only the most partisan, hardcore leftists want to spend this day reflecting on the morons who painted their faces and went inside and took a dump inside of the Capitol. <laughs> I think I, I, I think that's a great point. I think that also says a lot of why this administration is so fixated on making today an event is if you look at the facts, what has Joe Biden's first year in office been marked by? You saw an absolute horrific disaster in Afghanistan, where people are dying, falling off of planes, trying to escape because he had no plan, no idea what he was doing there. You're looking right now in this country where we're hitting record cases of coronavirus. The guy who's elected saying he's going to shut down the virus. He was given vaccines. Right. He was already given a plan. We already knew what was going on. And there are more people who have died under his watch than under President Trump, who didn't have a vaccine, who put into place a program to develop vaccines. And Joe Biden, of course, he doesn't want to talk about that. He doesn't want to talk about how prices at the grocery store are expensive, how we have supply chain issues in this country. 
I mean, he sounded like Marie Antoinette the other day when he was like, oh, hamburger costs $5 a pound. <laughs> Let him eat hamburger. He didn't care. Right. So what they have to do is change the focus because everyday Americans, they're looking around and they're seeing we have a lot of problems. That's why his approval rating is is in the dumpster. Mm-hmm. So they but can't talk about it. But the funny thing about all of this is it's not working. Like it's not working at all, right? I mean, we had an election in Virginia where the, the former governor, McAuliffe, tried to run against Glenn Youngkin on exactly this issue, on exactly the sort of Trump, 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 January 6th, Republicans are evil. And people were like, you know what? My kids can't go to school and I can't pay for groceries. I'm, so I'm a little bit more, <laughs> right. a little bit more interested <laughs> right. in that. You know, and then, right. and then, but you expand it out and it looks like almost everything that Smug just went through has been a disaster for this administration. And they actually don't have a hook anywhere else. I mean, you look at the congressional schedule. Schumer actually this week made the argument that because of January 6th, we should be passing a federal takeover of our elections. Now, oh, like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know if you remember the underpants gnome from right. South Park. It's yeah. like, here's one thing, here's another. And somehow they come <laughs> together. I don't know how to make sense of any of that. But the, the only thing that they've got, the only thing that they've got is this argument on January 6th. And, and previous administration policies. And it's just disgusting. Nobody's well, buying you, it. You make a good point, Smug, about um, Afghanistan, because it's like, oh, OK, so when we get to August of this year, are we going to take a moment? Are we going to spend the day having vigils and thinking back and praying on the 13 Marines who are needlessly killed exactly. that day? What a great are we going to uh, how about them? Because right now on January 6th, it was Ashley Babbitt, who was a Trump supporter who was shot um, by by a cop and under sort of disturbing circumstances all around, to be perfectly honest. And she's the only one who was actually killed that day as a result of the rioting, other than the folks who died, had heart attacks and so on. So, yeah. OK, let's see. Let's do you want to stop and commemorate every big moment in which people have died? We can do that for all the hundreds of thousands who have died from covid under Joe Biden's watch. Let's do that. When are we going to do that? And you talk you know, about Kamala other- Harris. Yes, she went she went and she sat with the with Jacob Blake, who had resisted arrest, who had digitally raped his girlfriend, who had endangered a cop, a, a couple of cops, not to mention his children and his own. She went and sat with him because he got shot by a police officer. Did she go see the the people in Waukesha who the families of those who were killed by that man who got into the car and mowed them down? No, she didn't. Did she mention any point. of them when she took to the microphone? Stand? It's like the situational ethics, right? We care about this group, but we don't care about that. And why? Because they only exploit the ones that help them politically. It's the most cynical <laughs> thing ever. And and, and, Bingo. And, and that's so right on. The other night, actually, I was watching a documentary about uh, Afghanistan, the Taliban takeover after Joe Biden's just absolute disaster uh, of a mess over there. And I think it's important that folks remember how that happened. I know we were all horrified, but this administration has done everything they can to try to change the subject. They don't want anyone to remember that we had we had 13 soldiers killed. They were needlessly murdered. We gave up Bagram Air, Air Force. Yeah, his decision making led to their deaths. And his only answer was to drone strike a van full of kids. Right. That's all he's accomplished. Like the, the fact that that lowered the world's America's standing in the eyes of the world so much that uh, it's no coincidence you're seeing issues around the world where China's been emboldened in terms of looking towards Taiwan yeah, and Russia and, and, Russia's Ukraine. and Ukraine, because everyone knows globally America's standing has gone down significantly. And that's why the Biden administration wants to change the subject. That's why they want to talk about anything except 
their accomplishments because there haven't been any. Right. It's mm -hmm. only been disasters. Mm -hmm. yeah. it's, it's a chance to change the subject. And it, as the Democrat leadership goes, so goes CNN and MSNBC <laughs> and all of the other mainstream yeah. channels. You know, they're like, yes, we, we, I don't even know if they are genuine, genuinely as horrified as they say they are. Uh, in addition to seeing a ratings opportunity or if it's just pure commercial opportunity. Like, I genuinely don't know if they believe what they say when they compare it to 9-11. I saw a tweet that was resurfaced recently from uh, January 7th of last year where CNN, their comms shop, tweeted out, yesterday was our highest ratings day ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which right. is 100%. That's, that's the motivate. Like, that you know, can you imagine if Fox site? News had done that on 9-12-2001? Oh, can God, you imagine? God. Like um, the, no. the insensitive, if this really were a Pearl Harbor, if this really were a 9-11, CNN, even their dumbest pub publicity person, <laughs> and, and there's a lot to choose from there, um, even their dumbest would know not to do that. They, they knew it wasn't that bad. It was not. Listen, I'm not trying to downplay it, but I'm actually kind of sick of people having to say that, too. You know what I mean? Like, I listen to a lot of even conservative podcasts are like, no, no one's been harder on January 6th than I have. And, you know, I would. It's like, all right, could you just so get to the point? You know, like they're afraid of getting criticized by the mainstream or by the Democrats for like not being a, a sufficiently outraged about January 6th. Just stop it. Stop pandering to these people. You'll never be outraged enough to satisfy them. That's the, that's, exactly that's yeah. the way it is. And that's the way it's always been, Megan. Well, so, you know, I feel like the way that we've dealt with it at Ruthless is we addressed it and we said anytime the media tries to bait you into a conversation longer about January 6th is a day that you're not winning. The fact that Joe Biden has zero accomplishments, right? Mm. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about it every day until the midterms because I think if we do that, we're going to have historic red wave gains. The reason that Joe Biden's approval rating is at an all-time low is not because of January 6th. It's because his administration has shown that they are, they are way in over their heads. They have no idea what they're doing. They they're going from disaster after disaster. The pandemic has gotten worse under his watch we, when he was elected, supposedly, to, to end the pandemic. And we might not even be at the bottom of it because now you finally have the Northeast, the Acela Corridor, all of these places who for the last you know two years you know thought COVID only ha happened to those rubes in the South, those MAGA yep. Trump people. Yep. That's right. And now those they're getting Omicron. Dum -dums. And so... So now they have to, you know, change their entire worldview on the issue. Right. And they're trying to get tests. Right. And they're trying to get monoclonal antibodies and, and they can't. The other day, so Chris <laughs> Eliza from mm -hmm. CNN puts out this tweet where he was like, I'm stunned for so long. It felt like, you know, uh, people who got COVID, it was a moral failure on their part for getting COVID when we did everything right. And we get COVID. It's like this is your part of the media arm, which is pushing this messaging, trying to other you know, right. folks well, you, who are suffering. And it's just to, for their own purpose, for the Dems covering for the failures of this administration. You, you put your finger on it, Megan, when you said selective ethics, right? It, mm -hmm. it, they have very, very situational ethics policy when it applies to anything and everything that they care about. Everything from the crime that they choose to prosecute to the issues that they seek to highlight to the constituencies that they seek to other, as Smug just said. I mean, we have spent the last... 12 months now, basically blaming the South for the rise of the coronavirus. And he's still, by the way, two days ago, the Washington Post fronted a, a, another piece about the Southeast 
and coronavirus. I was like, you want to walk outside your door at the, at the Washington Post? I mean, every they can't. this place is grounded in Corona and, and, they're, and they're pointing down at Georgia and Florida. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, per, per capita, D.C. is worse than any country on Earth in terms of cases. <laughs> and the Washington Post is talking about the Southeast. <laughs> they, they, can't, right. they can't let go. It's just like how everything is still Trump's fault. I mean, even before January 6th, you know, they'd find a way to lead the news with Trump. What do you think of Trump? Could Trump come back? And if Trump doesn't necessarily work, then it's Tucker Carlson. <laughs> what legitimate <laughs> rating? Let's talk about somebody who rates. Um, all right, wait, I want to let me pause it there so I can squeeze in a quick break. And, and then back, we're going to talk about 350,000 students in our nation's third largest school system sitting at home after school was canceled again today. Thanks to, and this is saying something, the most selfish teachers union in the country. That's next. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. So they're back at it in Chicago, guys. Can you believe, can we just start? I I, I didn't get to play it yesterday, and, and whenever I can play it, I want to play it. I don't know, Debbie, do we have it, the dancers? Um, the, <laughs> all right, she's going to pull it over. She's going to pull it over. Because the same teachers union, right, the same group of teachers who, who told us they could not teach let, last year, and then they were found down, uh, like, out of town. They left Chicago, oh, yeah. and they went uh, next to pools. Oh, th- this is the one lady. Okay, Sarah Chambers, that was her name. She's actually on the executive board of the Chicago's teacher union. And last year, this is the same teachers union that's shutting down school now for 350,000 uh, kids. Last year, she urged even special education teachers to refuse to return to work. Screw those disabled children uh, because it would be unsafe for her and for the other teachers. Then just hours after stating that, she was busted for vacationing after posting a photo on Instagram of a pool in Puerto Rico captioned, spending the last day of 2020 by the poolside. (laughs) Too dangerous to work in person, but not too dangerous to be poolside. Yeah, she's still part of Chicago's union board. And that helps explain why you've got, you know, pushing on half a million kids sitting their asses at home in Illinois instead of in school learning where they should be because these teachers refuse to teach. (laughs) We've spent a lot of time on Ruthless on this topic over the last year for obvious reasons. Our listeners are intensely interested in their kids being educated as I'm sure every parent in America is. Um, but this is like kind of the worst of this entitlement mentality union activism that we've seen anywhere in the country. Chicago, not surprisingly, is the worst here. But but if you think about the amount of money that the federal government, the Joe Biden 
Kamala Harris and the rest of them said that they were allocating in that first totally partisan COVID package to reopen our schools. I mean, we're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars. You could have rebuilt every school in America, right? None of it apparently has any impact on the teachers whatsoever, right? I mean, somehow, I don't know where the money went. We did a a segment actually on, on today's show about how this was finding its way into critical race theory consultants and, and and other things, but it certainly isn't going to make sure that the kids go back to school. It is one of the biggest outrages of a mountain of outrages that we've had with this administration. I mean, we, we like uh, the report on today's show that we had is millions have been given to critical race theory right. consultants. When so much so much money was given to these schools to reopen, they could have like space stations teaching our kids. <laughs> But instead, this is what they spent their money on, and now they just refuse to teach. It's like a, yeah. it's like a robbery. They took the money and ran. I mean, the most oh. offensive thing to me is is that you had the teachers' unions retconning what they did, you know, during 2020 on on COVID and closing our schools and making sure our kids don't learn. And there was just the Randy Weingarten. Weingarten. Yep. Yeah, just just a month ago in New York, the profile there was piece. a profile about oh how actually she, you know she fought the hardest to keep kids in school, what which of joke. course is bull, absolute <laughs> bull. And now we see you know the proof here in Chicago. I, I think the one thing people have to remember is that these school closures and virtual schooling hurts like black and brown and poor kids the most. Oh, absolutely, it is the most devastating to their learning experience. And so the idea that a Democratic Party w- would 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 hurt inner city kids is just offensive. Well, it's again, it goes back to the situational ethics. Right. 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 In this situation, the union is the friend. More important. Right. They the know people they... we gave hundreds of billions of dollars saying schools have never been safe. We got to change. But everything. Wait, New but let me ask you that. all this. Let me ask you, is that true? Because in this situation, it's unusual and it's awesome. But Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who's a Democrat, yeah. who's, you know, she's on the opposite side of like the cops and the crime and the CRT and all that. But on this issue, she's been great. And she's like, get your asses back in there. Here's a quote. Let me just read you what she says. She says, if you care about our students, if you care about our families as we do, we will not relent. Enough is enough. We're standing firm. We're going to fight to get our kids back to in-person learning, period, full stop. And yet you've got the teachers. And by the way, I have them and they're dancing now. This is their protest last year trying to prove to us why they couldn't teach. Here they are. Stand by. Watch. Make it make uh, that's, sense. It's a good mood. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, my God, Safety you guys. Look at that. Is essential. I can't. Uh, that's Keep something. our students Look at this. And our teachers safe. Getting secondhand embarrassment. (laughs) Yes, same. Okay, I'm sorry, but if you if you're not watching the show on YouTube, you you've got to go to YouTube.com and watch this later. You must. They're they're looking at Mayor Lightfoot saying it's not safe. These are young, able-bodied people, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, here here, I'll tell you why, and it's it's not because Mayor Lightfoot has just become a a closet conservative. The politics. Mm -hmm are written all over this thing. Mm-hmm. We have seen an uprising across this country at the localist of local levels, all the way up to the federal level of parents saying the hell with you, the hell with your, your keeping our kids in, in, in at home, not teaching them. They've, they're literally watching their kids' futures be stolen from them. 
mm-hmm. by these unions. And 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 now they're voting, right? I mean, we said damn near won the New Jersey governorship. Yeah. And, and I think it's important to note, you know, especially in the case of, of, of Lightfoot is you saw in the days after Glenn Youngkin won in Virginia where Dems all of a sudden just started having comments oh. about the crime spree in this country yeah. where they're like, you know what? Maybe something should be done about crime when the same elected officials, one of those same Dems were pushing defund the police. Right. We're, 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 we're trying to take apart the systemically racist justice system that we have in this country and and we can't have police out on the streets. So I don't think we should we should be happy that they've changed their minds. I think what's important is accountability. You have to hold these people accountable. They were part of the problem. There's there's a reason that police face such a tough situation in this country where the NYPD cannot meet their numbers for how many police officers they need because folks are retiring early. No one is applying because who would want to be in that situation? You've had New York police officers who were killed. They were assassinated sitting in their patrol car because of this environment that Dems have created, this like pandemic oh, of crime, and all teachers, which is okay. And all teachers being smeared with the decisions that like Chicago is, is using too is, I think, completely ridiculous. I'd like to extrapolate out. Imagine for those teachers who think that this is too dangerous for them to, to teach our children. I'd like for them to just sort of picture a world where people who pick up your garbage have that same point of view. People mm. who deliver your packages have that same point of view. Mm. The grocers have that same in fact the people who pack the meat and send the and send the vegetables and get everything to you that you can freaking survive for crying out loud what if those people had that same point of view that they simply couldn't leave their home unless they were going to go on a horribly in da- uh, embarrassing dancing trip in florida <laughs> i mean what if what what if the guy at the liquor store suddenly said i'm not doing it well then we'd all be a going ruthless would be in we'd big be- trouble <laughs> <laughs> The program would cease to exist. The program, the variety program. No, (laughs) no, that's a bridge too far. We don't need to imagine that. And to your point, it's not all teachers. You know, it's like some losers and then the union that decides we're just not doing it. And there was a guy on Tucker Carlson's show last night who he's sick and he wants to teach. He wants to spend his remaining time teaching children. I think we pulled the soundbite. Here he is. Take a listen. I joined the Chicago Public Schools as a teacher, first and foremost as a teacher. And uh, my role, I believe my role, should be inside the classroom with my students. Should not be in the picket line. I did not join CPS to be a union member. First and foremost, to be a teacher. And secondly, I believe that there are ways to fight City Hall. You don't dangle the plight of the kids in the middle of the fight just to secure demands. Mm. 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 Good reminder, right? Because it's like you you see these unions and you're like, God, they're awful. And then you drop your own kid off at school. Thank God we're in a position where all three of ours are going. Uh, And we love our teachers. They're amazing. They haven't missed a day. They wouldn't miss a day. Yep. And they try to find ways to make it work, right? I mean, that's the difference between a true educator and somebody who's trying to get out of their job. And and fortunately, I think around this country, you got a lot of people who got into teaching for the right reasons and they're trying to make it work and their communities are helping them. Right. I mean, that's the other thing that we found is that all politics got really local in a hurry with coronavirus. Right. And when they're shutting down businesses and the federal government and telling you what's essential and what's not and whether your kids can go to school and what's not like you begin to band together at some level. And, and I think that's been helpful in terms of us understanding what the curriculum is in these schools, by the way. Mm, right. I mean, mm-hmm. we wouldn't even know about critical race theory if it wasn't for coronavirus. 
Very true. The last thing that they want is for us to get another peek inside the classroom, because <laughs> yeah, I guarantee I you they haven't stopped that nonsense. And they, they need to keep know. us out of there, at least through November of 22. You know, the American people will react the same. All right. Meanwhile, the mass craziness continues. And can I just show you what uh, my old friends at NBC are now suggesting you do when it comes to masking? This is a clip from the Today Show Soundbite 6. They go all the way over your head. Not the most comfortable, <laughs> but very, very snug. Not mm-hmm. a lot of air is getting in between the sides of my cheeks mm-hmm. or the tops of my cheeks. He says, obviously, the KN95 and 95 are the most effective, but it can be really hard to find them in small kid sizes. And also <laughs> to keep them on your kids all day, they're not the most comfortable. So the second best option is to make sure you have a kid size surgical mm-hmm. mask and you want to layer the cloth mask over that mask. So the oh my surgical God. mask goes on first no. and then the cloth mask. I got a lot easier way for these experts to give this recommendation. Just hold your breath, ladies. Just hold it. Just hold your (laughs) breath. Stop with the breathing. Corona. I promise you won't get Corona. Just hold it until you pass out. I mean, how dystopian, right? Like how dystopian. We're like, all right, well, now we got the perfect solution to this. We got more kid sized masks and put them in two. And, you know, just it's just so much performative theater in this. We have known. It's like, tell me you've never been around small children. Right. Tell me you've been. Mm. And, <laughs> right. And we've been right. like, oh, your kid will wear this right. all day long. Yeah, yeah. My two, my two year old, I have a two and a half year old. My two and a half year old is going to wear two masks, let alone one. No, and we right. know from the science, as the liberals who say they want us to trust the science and follow the science, that COVID isn't as dangerous to little kids. And, and along those lines, I think it's very important. We've seen a ton of polling that's come out about uh viewpoints for uh, what COVID is like by partisan lines. And they polled Democrats and 50% of Democrats think that if you contract COVID, you're going to the emergency room. Oh, like, gracious. Th- th- this is like, where has this delusion come from? And the fact that it continues to be fostered that like it's a death sentence. And only recently they're having to change that because Omicron is so transmissible that it's no longer something that they can blame as a moral failure of these rubes. Right, but it's becoming the security th- with the kids, especially, which I think is the most egregious thing in all of this. It's becoming part. Remember the shoe bomber on the airplane? Oh, and yeah. then we suddenly mm-hmm. had to take off our shoes Richard everywhere Reed. at TSA. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and now the security theater of covid is let's double mask the kids who are based on the statistics not going to be hospitalized and not die from this. Yeah, right. Oh, that's perfect. Right. It's just obscene. It's just psychosis that we're dealing with. It is. is. There was a there was a New York Times reporter. I'm trying to find it here. But uh, yeah, national education reporter for The New York Times, Dana Goldstein, who tweeted out our pre-K wants kids. Okay, first of all, leave our (laughs) pre-K wants kids in KN95 masks. Uh, (sighs) My four year old has a tiny face. And everywhere I am checking is sold out. Help, links, and Bethany Mandel, who you guys know, she's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she absolutely. she responded, uh, every four-year-old has a tiny face that shouldn't be in a medical-grade mask or any mask. Uh, mm-hmm. And she goes on from there. But, right, like, yes, there's a reason you can't find those because no one in their right mind thought of putting them on little children to prevent them from yeah. getting COVID. And, and, and that's another thing is that the United States is the only Western country that's requiring children to be masked. This is not happening in France, England, and, and no other country has a position in place that three-year-olds should be masked. And more recently, yeah. I saw in, in, in New York City, 
You had kids out in 34 degree weather oh, God, eating God. their lunch, sitting on the floor outside. We're, 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 we're committing child abuse That's to virtue signal Daily. right now. That's what's happening in this country. Well, Megan, we, we talked with several months back. I know uh, uh, somebody you've had on as well, Dr. Marty McCary, who was who talking about sort of the, the, the ancillary problems that you create with this mask. Even if you're trying to solve the problem of corona, let's just let's hypothetically suggest that it works. It doesn't. We already know. It. Let's say it, it doesn't. The ancillary problem that you have with emotional development with children, not being able to read their friends' faces, not being able to understand when their teachers are happy, angry, uh, want them to try harder at something. There's no emotional IQ development whatsoever. And so like, look, the problem that you are creating in many, many ways is a thousand times worse than any problem that you sought to solve in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand, like from my standpoint as a parent with two young boys, like it's not difficult to understand. Just take a step back and look at it. And you're like, oh yeah, logically that makes total sense. These idiots can't do that. Mm -hmm. No, it's it, we're in a situation now where if you can get past the teachers union and actually get the doors of your school open, um, then you get there and you're behind plexiglass and you're six feet away from everyone there. And you're now going to have to wear double masks or a KN95 mask. And then you will be sit and told that you're terrible because of your skin color if you happen to be white yeah, or right. incapable of achieving success on your own if you happen to be black. That's the state of America's education system right now. Also, I, I read a really interesting article recently about those KN95 masks where Amazon, other retailers have been flooded with these fake bootleg masks, which are manufactured Jeez. in China, which is the yeah. country whose government covered up this disease at the global <laughs> pandemic. Every country on earth has to deal with the cover up to begin with. The money's going right back. Unbelievable. Can I tell you something? I didn't know the difference between the N95 and the KN95. I just looked it up. Do you have you guys? Do you guys know the difference? Like, apparently, oh, yeah, there's supposedly there. the KN95 is a Korean manufactured masks which have not passed the same U.S. like NIOSH testing. But well, they say that the fit, the fit on the KN95. They say the fit on the KN95 has to be built in. Like, you might not get as good a fit, I guess, on the N95. I don't know, but it, like. There are people who are studying this and who are actually ordering KN95s over the N95s because they think they're going to get some extra layer of protection, like as if the N95 wouldn't be good enough for you and your child. And that brings me to, do we have Nicole Wallace? Do we have, do we have that? Oh boy. My oh favorite soundbite of the, of the week. This will be great. Favorite soundbite of the week. And li just listen. I'm a Fauci groupie. I'm a thrice vaccinated mask adherent. I buy KN95 masks, buy the, you know, caseload. They're in every pocket. I wear them everywhere except when I sit down. And I am certain that this is not a variant I can outrun. Okay. I love the, except when I sit down, because COVID only affects the standards. That's a long, <laughs> right. as we all know, known <laughs> truth. <laughs> Like the policy in a restaurant where you wear the mask until you get to the table and sit next to people and then you take yes. it off. Thank God I'm sitting again. It can't get me. <laughs> it's like, it is, it, it is an incredible. It's an incredible. It's a perfect example of the liberal psychosis that COVID has created that she feels like she has to spend a full minute with a wind up explaining all of her virtue. Of yeah, how, yes. how she did all the right things. Yeah. Yep. Right. She's like, I was one of the good ones. I'm not one of these rubes in the South. Right. Like That's we haven't it. all been going through the same thing for two years together. And we were all in this together. Right. Oh, we're on it together. <laughs> she were, feels betrayed when 
Right. Right. She's they, betrayed they by the violent virus. She was very loyal to the Fauci, yeah. you know, <laughs> mandates and so on. And this is bullshit because she she she's been betrayed by covid. My favorite one lately, the CDC last week came out, or I think it was just a few days ago, they came out with this new guidance that you can't, if you get the, the Omicron virus, you can't take the, the PCR test. You got to go back to the antigen test. But for the last nine months, you couldn't take the antigen test. You could only really diagnose things with the PCR yep. test. Is there a single thing in all of this discussion since the very beginning of February 2020 that hasn't either been reversed or substantially changed in terms yep. of its guidance. Any yep. Well, I remember the World Health Organization was in February 2020 told us that COVID-19 can't be transmitted human. Yeah, it wasn't human. transmitted so, human to human. Oh, that weird, faith right? in that. And then the CDC, this is recently, we talked about this on an episode of Ruthless recently. CDC finally comes out and says, you know, I mean, basically we wanted, we, when we went with lockdowns, we went with the amount of time we thought you would will, you willingly do. What we could <laughs> it get wasn't away based with. on any science. It wasn't 30 days, 90 days a year. You know, it was okay. Well, we think people won't, you know, uprise in the streets if we say 14 days to slow the spread. Yeah, so now there's <laughs> now there, there's a sociologist. Yeah, that's the science. That's the science. Yeah, trust the science. Yep. <laughs> I, I mean, I truly, I don't know whether because the 10 days was made up too. The 10 day quarantine. Oh, now yeah. that they've and they've shut, that was made up. So I genuinely don't know. Do they actually believe you won't transmit it after five days now? Or are is this just the secret? We want everyone to get Omicron because this is the one to get. And we're going to finally beat this thing with herd immunity. I think what happened is that the media and the Dems messaging that you are a bad person and you did the wrong things. If you got COVID completely fell apart, given how transmissible uh, Omicron is. And so it's funny that the rules have to be changed once they, the good folks can yeah. catch it. Once the folks who are counting on, I can work from home with a laptop and just get, you know, my delivery from Uber Eats. I'm one of the good ones. Once they are now having to face it, wait a minute, the rules absolutely have to be oh, changed. Yeah, well, That's crazy. I, I have to go out. That's a great point. I mean, if you follow the full narrative, recall, I mean, the only reason that Joe Biden's president right now is because of his pledge to the American people that all things would be cured COVID if he was the person sitting behind the resolute desk in the Oval Office, right? I mean, that was that was the pledge. And then quickly that all fell apart and realized that that is impossible. And, and so as Smug just said, all the standards begun changing. You had to figure out who's the other group, right? So it's like, right. all right, well, let's, let's say that's the Trump supporters that are vaccine hesitant. that are the ones that are creating the continued uh, uh, virus. Well, I mean, statistics don't bear it out. You had just as much hesitancy in African-American communities and inner cities than you did in rural areas mm -hmm. and, 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 and red states. But they had to create that other group. But now with Omicron, it's gone to another, another step, as Smug just explained. Now you can't. You actually can't avoid it. So we need a new explanation. Yeah. Right. It's like we could stop That's it. What's, we can only if you stop have to find something good about Omicron. This is it. It's like the great equalizer. It's brought these elites down to earth and shown them that anyone can get this thing. And by the way, that was true during Delta. The the vaccinated could catch it and the vaccinated could communicate it to somebody else. Yeah, that was true with Delta. And it's just undeniably true with Omicron, which I'm mean, again, I hate to say there's something good about one of the variants, but this one's it's kind of something good because people are going to have to admit the truth and get real about our policies. I, I think it's incredible that Joe Biden was able to just hop off uh, uh, his plane and say there's no federal solution for <laughs> COVID and then jump on a helicopter to go to his beach house, like from one vacation to the other. 
says there's no federal solution to this when he ran explicitly blaming Trump. Am, yeah, yeah. Trump is the reason COVID is bad and I will fix it. And the media has not held him to account at all. Like, of course, that is incredible. It's spectacular. They completely took his his marching orders and, and ran with, you know, no president can fix this. Anywho, look over here. Now, January 6th. It was terrible. <laughs> exactly. You remember? Exactly right. All right. Stand by, you guys. Let me squeeze in a break. More with the guys from Ruthless coming up. And don't forget, everyone, you can catch the Megan Kelly show live on Sirius XM Triumph Channel 111 every weekday at noon east. The full video show uh, and clips by subscribing to our YouTube channel, YouTube dot com slash Megan Kelly. My bit on Monday about Nicole Wallace and that soundbite is still blowing up. You can check it out right now. Uh, if you prefer an audio podcast, go ahead and subscribe and download on Apple, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you should definitely subscribe to the Ruthless guys too. You'll enjoy them. Uh, and by the way, you can hear our very first interview with these guys, episode 191 in our archives. Don't go away. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. So now you know how they changed the definition of fully vaccinated from two shots to, you know, got to have three, including the booster. Now, Fauci says yesterday or the other day, um, we're going to change it from fully vaccinated to have you kept your vaccinations up? (laughs) So (laughs) it's like having a dog. You know, have you gotten all your shots and all your shots? It could just keep changing. Could be four, could be five. And this, as there continues to be major reluctance amongst that five to 11 year old parent group, you know, that we're allowed to vaccinate those very young kids now. And only something like 25 percent of the country has done that. Most parents are like, yeah, no, my kid faces zero risk from covid, notwithstanding all these bullshit reports about record numbers of children in the hospital thanks to covid. It's a lie. They're in the hospital with covid. They test everyone who goes into the hospital. So if you have a broken leg and you have covid, you count as a kid in the hospital with covid, but they report it like it's because of covid anyway. And here's what the White House is apparently doing to try to jack up those kid vaccinations. Watch this promo video from the White House. It's safer to put up my friends if I'm vaccinated. You know what? It is. And it's so important to play with your friends, right? Your parents and your teachers have been doing lots of things to keep you guys safe, and this will make it a little bit safer. I'm excited to play with my friend Dorothy and my other friends at school because they said when we all get vaccinated, we can have a play date. OMG. That makes me white hot. It is diabolical that they would do that. I mean, mean to to present it like that, like, oh, well, everything this administration and our teachers unions are doing is to keep you safe. I mean, the you got the teachers unions holding kids hostage right now in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Right. And you've got videos like that, which is basically a hostage video. It is. (laughs) You know, it's just like it's yet again, do this thing and we will let you have dystopia. And then, you know what? If if we all did it, then they change it again. Right. Yeah. (laughs) As if you can't have a play date. As a child with oh. another child, unless you've all been vaccinated, what kind of BS is this? These are lies. 
it's it's all lies, but it's based on a, an initial lie that is perpetuated because of the liberal left and Anthony Fauci and, and everything else. And it's this misunderstanding of what a coronavirus actually is, right? I mean, what this is, is never going to be eradicated from the face of the planet. It's not. You get immunity for it. It, it lasts forever. You know what the other coronaviruses are called? The flu. It's colds. been around forever, right? right? And they're colds and flus. And you end up getting a shot if you want one. No shot if you don't want one. If you're not vulnerable, it's not even really all that recommended. That's the nature of what we face here. Now, granted, it was a, it was more transmissible than the flu, and it had a slightly higher death rate at one point than the flu. Omicron does not, right? Mm-hmm. But the failure to be honest about that conversation has created at least half of this country that is fundamentally out of touch with the reality that they face. And so they make videos like that. Right. Those Stupid children videos like that. have far less of a risk from covid than fully vaccinated adults. And even when you're vaccinated with Omicron, you're just as likely to spread it much more with the guys. Uh, after this quick break, we're going to get into crime. Don't go away. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Before we get into crime, a couple more things on COVID. Um, Days after AOC is spotted vacationing in Florida, she has to leave New York in the circumstances she helped create here, where we all have to wear masks all the time and everyone has a mandatory vaccination policy, even if you deliver a pizza now in some parts of New York, um, or you lose your job. She goes to Florida for some relief, understood. But then Eric Swalwell, same thing, a representative from state of California, including parts of San Francisco Bay Area. He goes to Florida. He's seen maskless. This guy's been a huge proponent. Look at him enjoying his time in the the sunshine state. Um, Last week, just last week, he blamed the Republicans for canceled vacations and saying we have to wear masks everywhere again because of these guys, Republican liars. And there he is down at the Lowe's Miami Beach Hotel. Apparently, DeSantis, Governor DeSantis said oh, the hypocrisy extends beyond these two. He said there's probably about a half a dozen governors who have restrictions on their people that were spotted at various points in Florida recently. Unreal. <laughs> what do you make of it? <laughs> at least the Chinese uh, intelligence op knows where to find Swalwell these days. right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. What a scumbag. You know, he's he's amongst the worst. AOC just sort of speaks for herself. I mean, she is what she is. Right. She's a left wing lunatic. Oh, you're Swalwell, just saying that because you want her. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Man. I yeah. forgot. That's part of the deal, right? Every time everybody that criticizes her wants to date her. Can you yep. imagine having Thanksgiving dinner with with AOC? Oh, oh smokes. Oh, smokes. No, but it's just sort of, it's sort of just the classic, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Yep. That we see in this entire pandemic from the left. I mean, all the way back to 
uh, Chris Cuomo. Remember that where he was, oh, quote, going to quarantine in the basement and then all the because he got covid and then all the pictures come out of him maskless outside the house. And then <laughs> CNN does this just like embarrassing reveal of him coming up from the basement after he was, quote unquote, in quarantine. Mm-hmm. And it's just all of this performative theater that these folks do because, you know, it's do what I say and not what I do. I mean, and with AOC, it's perfect. It's the whole socialist thing of like, it's power to the people until you're in power. And then you want to enjoy all the trappings of, right. of, of what you can have. And of course, she's vacationing in Florida. Why should she have to suffer with her voters who elected her in New York City, where they're hitting record numbers, despite having so many vaccine mandates, mask mandates, everything that she supported hasn't been working why not just go to florida for vacation yeah and you know what you know is a great place to vacation to new york city it's awesome normally you could go out to broadway you could catch a show you could have done the rockettes that was canceled too um you know normally you could come here and see the greatest bar and restaurant scene in the world bar none but now you can't come if you have a kid who's unvaccinated can't come certainly if you're unvaccinated can't come if you plan on taking off your mask can't come if you like that that's thanks to people like her right people like aoc and our loser mayor who's now out we'll see how the new guy does uh, who have imposed all these restrictions it's it's maddening and by the way it's not totally unlike all these democrats who change the laws in these very very blue states to be just impossible to live under the tax rates and so on then they yeah. flee down to florida and texas and they want to change yeah. those laws too <laughs> well you know look the, the most pernicious part from my point of view about democratic covid policies is it's basically just a tool for control right i mean if you looked at the way that society operated in the summer of 2020 um, that's kind of ideal for them. You know, this is, you, you have a centralized federal government who basically conducts all dealings in your life, right? You can't really leave the house. If you do, it has to be a, a, a job that is what, how do they label it? Essential. It essential. 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 essential as if, yeah. as if, you know, some jobs aren't essential to provide for your family. I mean, Every single aspect of American life was filtered through what the federal government told you you could and could not do. And so as we've gotten on, like it, it, now, you can see they're, just trying, they're trying to struggle to take hold of that. They don't want to live under it, as evidenced by AOC and mm. Swalwell, but they're still trying to continue this, this, okay, fourth shot, okay, fifth shot, okay, sixth, never really leveling with people that the fact this is going to be here forever, and you might as well figure out how to get back to life as you want to live it. And part of that is scaring us, you know, like I mentioned with the fake hospitalization reports, I mentioned the children, but they do that with adults too. And, and you tell me if you've noticed it, but I, I feel like with Omicron, which we know is far less deadly than Delta or any other variant we've had of this, this virus, they're, they're excited when they have a death to report. They've been few and far between, but they actually, there was a mashup, um, is this a is this a Grabian mashup? I don't know who put this together, but it's good. Um, we stole it. Oh, it's Matt Taibbi. Even better. Uh, watch this, you guys. Watch this. It's the first known death from Omicron. The first person confirmed to have died of Omicron in the U.S. We've just confirmed the first death in the United States due to the Omicron variant. Death now from the Omicron variant. First death due to the Omicron variant. Death from the Omicron variant in the U.S. The U.S. suffered its first death from the new strain. It is very possible there have been other deaths. The first death from the Omicron variant. The U.S. has reported its first death death linked to the Omicron variant. (laughs) We're going to see certainly hospitalizations and deaths. The one thing that we 
we are seeing is that if anything, it does not appear to be more severe. It might in fact be less severe, but we're holding off on that till we see how it does in our own country. Put, he's put in the Grim Reaper running around. Uh, that was beautiful. <laughs> Dad. But it goes it goes back to the central you know problem that we've been discussing here, Megan, is that they need fear they for need compliance it. because compliance is key to their worldview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they want to send you a check and tell you you don't have to pay rent, they need to scare you into changing the American economy, to locking you in your home. And they can only do that with videos like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. I mean... <laughs> you know, the funny thing is the whole Omicron thing started with a big report that came out that that uh, the White House member Biden had this big emergency meeting to meet about the Omicron variant. Uh-huh. And then and they had this discussion at the CDC about how this was the most transmissible. And they took all kinds of South African data, except for one data point. The one data point was that nobody was going to the hospital. It does yeah. nothing. Right. It's like it's, there's nothing to fear with this one. Uh, yeah, you get a cold and then you're and then you have immunity as it as it turns out, according to what I read in The New York Times, you have immunity if you get Omicron uh, from Delta and the reverse is not true. So, yay. Right. So, I mean, if you're looking right. for silver linings and getting Omicron, there's one for you. But no, it's death, death, death and hospitalizations. <laughs> um, like, I don't think anybody's advocating everybody go out and lick doorknobs. But honestly, you just survive. Do your life. Act like you did when it was flu season. You know, wash your hands, do smart stuff. You know, I just for the life of me, I can't figure out what people can't figure out about this plan that that liberals have to try to keep us all under the thumb. It's just so odd. But I think part part of part of the problem is because they need the compliance at the beginning of the pandemic. Right. And they had to lock people in their homes and the vaccines were under development that instead of leveling with people, like you said earlier, homes and saying this is a coronavirus, small C coronavirus, the flu is a coronavirus. These these things circulate and will always circulate. We built up the expectations of vaccine and this is over. Oh, yeah. And this is over. Mm-hmm. And, and Ron DeSantis in Florida and monoclonal antibodies, you know, he's he this that's junk science. You know, they've got it wrong. We've got it right. And, and now we are two years into this thing and it all has to change because we're slowly accepting reality. Yeah, and elderly but, but, can't get this monoclonal. But where, where are the smart liberals? Because the smart people, right? I mean, the conservatives are not scared. If you look around on the, on the right half of the country, they're, they're not the ones who are running scared from this. But there are smart liberals out there who should now be seeing, right, with their own eyes, oh, wait a minute, okay, we do have to learn to live with it. We're not going to get zero COVID. We have to decide whether we want to send our kids to school in masks forevermore. And they, you know, bit by bit, we're starting to see some of that. But then you get reports like uh, Yale University uh, this week. That, <laughs> yeah. Did you see this? They're banning yeah. the students from eating outside. They cannot <laughs> eat outdoors at local restaurants for the spring semester. And they're Pretty dumb accepting. for a bunch of smart kids. <laughs> I mean, where I went at Syracuse, I guarantee you they're eating outside. (laughs) What? What's the matter? I why? Why? I I love the the juxtaposition with this, and then in the summer of 2020, when you had these riots and and BLM going on through the summer, you had you know medical community going around saying that hey, it's okay to go out and attend these protests, you know, shoulder to shoulder in the streets. That's totally fine. COVID will uh, you know stop. 
when it's for a left wing cause. Yeah. <laughs> but now you want to have a pizza in, in New Haven? Not no, happening. No. Social, not social mm-hmm. justice is the best vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I mean, you asked exactly about smart right. liberals. You asked about smart liberals. I, I happen to think, in, at least in terms of Washington, they exited stage left with Daniel Patrick Moynihan oh, like boy. 25 years ago, right? I mean, it, it, to be honest with you, this is a herd mentality. And they're, they're, such, they're so scared. They're so politically scared of the far left that nobody, and I mean nobody, even if they know better and they are smart, and there are smart liberals, they can't say it. They can't say it because that's the other problem that they've associated now with our entire country is that they've censored everybody into a, 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 a silo of thought. That's right. Right? That you can only say and do these things or otherwise you're kind of against the entire mission. We've this seen that good. across from social media to, to now our science in our medical community. I think that is the the one last You're and really scary part about this. Th- this I mean, is how many good. I like this because know? they've been so sucked in because it's not just the Dem politicians, right? Like, I know these people in New York City, the actual liberals who are not woke. They're not like sort of the far left weird activists. They're normal people, but they're liberals. And um, they're brainwashed. They see this thing as like bubonic plague-esque. And I think you're getting it. Why? They got sucked in early as an us versus them mentality, as a MAGA hat versus mask mentality, as a good people are scared and are, they, they follow, quote, the science and take it seriously. And they can't break out of it. Sorry, Smug, I interrupted you. I, I, no, no, no. I think Holmes nailed it where he said that um, there is. Uh, the left is trying to enforce what can be said, what can't be said about this. If uh, like a year ago, you were to say, if you've been vaccinated, you can still contract and pass on the coronavirus. Y- your account would be would, would be, be banned. Be banned. Right. Um, you know, the left would that try to take to away Rubin. your livelihood. They'd, they'd be like, right. oh, no, this yeah. person doesn't. Right. What, what, what would the covid misinformation policy oh, yeah. of two years ago look like versus today? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, think about that. I mean, you had Eric Swalwell. We talked about Eric Swalwell. This is a guy who tweeted, don't buy masks yeah. at the beginning of this thing. Yeah. Is his account still up? I mean, the WHO says it can't be transmitted human to human. They still have their account. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to find uh, the Dave Rubin tweet. Maybe my team can help me out. Dave Rubin had his Twitter account suspended eight, nine months ago for tweeting out something to the effect of the vaccines do not prevent the spread of COVID. Uh, they're not as effective as we once thought they were. It was everything he said was true. And he got shut down on Twitter. A bunch of us weighed in saying this is absurd. Why why are you shutting him down? And that's just, of course, yet another example of what big tech does. Right. It's not really so much what's fact based. It's what they just don't want people to hear. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also enforced at the administration level. Right. That's so like you've got big tech. Of course, they're a bunch of lefties. But you also have this this hanging over the top of them is threat of antitrust or these threats of government action to break up their businesses. And every single time you see Facebook or somebody somebody else say like, you know, we're going to have a more laissez-faire attitude, they try to enforce something on them. And and it's it's so in some ways it's the government itself that's perpetuating the silence. The government and the media are basically yeah. coming into Facebook and Twitter and saying, you know, nice business you got here. It'd be yeah. a shame if anything were to happen to <laughs> it. <laughs> If you let Trump back on Twitter, we'll let right. Elizabeth Warren take care of you guys. Yeah, so you know how it works. And is there any has there been any ramification for Twitter whatsoever for banning the Hunter Biden? Uh, no, story, none. The, the none. Absolutely story? none. Oh, I mean, and we heard a whole lecture from Joe Biden today about how, you know, good people, real Americans are not afraid of the truth. They're not afraid of the truth coming out. OK, 
Let's do that. Let's have yeah, that conversation, Mister Disinformation, Russian disinformation, when it comes to your son's laptop. That that's a lie that you've chosen to live with, and none of us believes it. Okay, so this is um oh, this is just from July. My God, it's like wait, July of what? It must be July of 2021. My God, that's like a couple wow. months ago. This is so obviously true. Dave Rubin tweeted out, "This is listen how benign this is. People are getting and transmitting COVID despite vax." Plus, now they're prepping us for booster shots. A sane society would take a pause. We do not live in a sane society. He got wow. his Twitter Incredible. account shut down for that. Wow. <laughs> Incredible. I mean, that should be held out. You're, I'm glad you highlighted that. Yeah. That should be held out and put on a, a poster card in front of every media office there is. Because that, that is the most obviously true statement that I've, I've ever seen. <laughs> and, and somehow that's what got banned. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. Oof. All right, let's switch over because I want to get uh, your reaction to a couple things. First of all, crime. Uh, New York City. <sighs> Great. We've got Eric Adams. He's a former cop. He took over for de Blasio. So yay, Team Andy Cohen. Um, and uh, <laughs> the, sadly, however, and this is something Bill Bratton has been saying, you know, police commissioner, former in New York, and he, cl he cleaned up New York under Giuliani. He cleaned up LA. He cleaned up Boston. And he has been saying... It's great. If you want to refund cops, you should. He's in favor of that. It's not going to solve the problem. It's the light on crime prosecutors, the DAs, who are really at the heart of what we're seeing in these crime rises across major cities. And New York City is the perfect example of that. The Manhattan DA is a guy named Alvin Bragg. He's our new DA. He ordered his prosecutors to stop seeking prison sentences for hordes of criminals this is from the New York Post, and to downgrade felony charges in cases including armed robberies and drug dealing. He doesn't want um, anyone to be incarcerated, basically unless it's a homicide or a, just a handful of other major cases like domestic violence fe felonies and a few others. And so the police union, cops themselves, and others who are pro-law enforcement are coming out and saying, this is insane. What, like, what kind of message are we sending out? And by the way, if you go in there and that, like he's changing the rules on armed robberies now, or if it's not a Ugh. gun, it's not an armed robbery. It's going to be treated as a misdemeanor. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sure the store owners are going to love that. Um, armed robbers who use guns or other deadly weapons to stick up stores and other businesses will be prosecuted only for petty larceny, a misdemeanor, <laughs> so long as no one was seriously injured and there was no genuine risk of physical harm to anyone. Oh, my God. What? Yes. So, so this is something that we've discussed, you know, pretty extensively here on on Ruthless on the is, variety program. <laughs> there's been a significant push among the left to try to to using dark money to fund these radical left wing DAs because they know voters think this would be ridiculous. They can't get it done with legislation. So they try to do it at the DA level that, you know, their radical ideas on what policing reimagining policing, which essentially means anarchy. Right. Um, should be. And again, the New York Post had had a terrific article about this where uh, Soros, uh, George Soros donated over a million dollars to Bragg, who's now the D.A. Jeez. in New York. He had previously funded uh, the D.A. in Philadelphia, where now the murder rate. Uh, Philadelphia has one fifth the population of New York City and they have more murders in Philadelphia. Mm. I mean, so it's that's just, what happened It's Chicago, just, so, too. And, and remember back with Waukesha, right? We all yep. remember how, yes. how did this guy, how did this criminal 
get out of of a bail hearing and onto the streets where he was able to kill people on the streets of Waukesha. Exactly the same thing that we're now talking about. It was a DA, a Soros funded DA that ultimately made that call and it cost people their lives. It's it's incredible. It's like their solution to rising crime is just don't prosecute crime. Then the numbers go down. There you go. (laughs) Well, it didn't see it. The thing is, yeah, I mean, that's the funniest thing is they actually straight face. Yeah. Right. And we have the, the example of San Francisco laying out for the world to see. So look what happens mm. when you stop prosecuting crime. Look what happens when theft is no longer associated with any sort of sentencing guidelines whatsoever. Well, you have every store that's that's within walking distance of downtown that's been looted over the last. Yeah. Well, let's just make sure they're wearing their masks. Well, you know, yeah. when they, if they're yes. doing a stick up job, got to make sure they're masked. If they're not masked. We're going to prosecute that. Well, it's very convenient, <laughs> by the way, to have the mask on. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. That's the one circumstance where people would be pro-mask. But he, the, the, it's so absurd. You think about the people like, okay, so I'm an armed robber with a gun. I go in to stick up a store in New York City. And of course, these store owners, it's always like the guy at the kiosk. They don't have a lot of dough. You know what I mean? It's like the guy nope, at the nope. deli. Um, these are small business owners. So they get, they get stuck up uh, by a guy who does have a gun. And the guy doesn't get prosecuted for more than petty larceny as long as he doesn't shoot somebody or create a genuine risk of physical harm. Doesn't me taking a gun and pointing it at a store owner qualify in and of itself as creating a genuine risk of physical harm? What if somebody has an actual gun with bullets in it and and shoots and misses me but hits the clerk? You know, it's like this is insane, an insane way to enforce the criminal law. I'll give you guys the last word. Yeah, no, I mean, the only good thing about this is that stuff like this can't hold in a democracy, right? Because the only thing that makes people more irritated than your education for your kids is the fact that they're unsafe, right? And if you're unsafe in the streets of your community, you do something about it. It's Mm -hmm. happened in every community. You mentioned New York previously in the 90s under Giuliani. The time is coming for these people. They're all going to be thrown out of office at some point. I just hope they don't do too much damage before we get them. Exactly. That's how I feel about the the San Francisco DA, you know, the mayor out there. She's like, now it's talking tough. It's like, okay, well, what about all the people who got hurt before you saw the light because your community found itself completely crime infested? Guys, I only wish we had two more hours. It's such a pleasure. I love your show. I love talking to you. Please come back. Uh, We will absolutely do that. And we're going to play a game with you at some point on Ruthless Variety Program. We've got some in mind. Oh, uh, I'm excited. I'm into games. I'll do it. (laughs) I'm going to regret that. (laughs) See you soon, guys. Don't forget to check it out. Ruthless. You'll be glad you did. Up next, Kelly's Court is back in session. We take a look at a bizarre situation down under involving uh, Novak Djokovic, who's like being held in Australia because he didn't get a vaccine. Uh, He claims he has a medical exemption. My God, it's crazy what they're doing to the world's number one television. I mean, tennis player. How can they get away with this? Plus analysis on the Ghislaine Maxwell verdict, which may be about to get thrown out. And Elizabeth Holmes. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Court 
is now in session. Kelly's court, that is. And we've got a trio of hot cases to discuss. We're going to begin with high drama down under. The world's number one tennis player, Novak Djokovic, is currently being held in a quarantine hotel facing possible deportation from Australia, where he is trying to play in the Australian Open. Trial attorney Arthur Idala is here with me to discuss it, along with former federal prosecutor Lise Wheel. So both of you guys have prosecuted cases. Now, Arthur, you defend them and Lise writes books and so on. But this is like a novel. I can't believe that they have taken this isn't some no name loser. This is like one of the most famous people on Earth. And I guess he got a visa to come in. But then they decided to mark him anyway as possibly unvaccinated. And you tell me, Lise, what is now happening and going to happen to him? Well, he's waiting, as you said, Megan, high in detention. And uh, he's going to be there until Monday when they have another hearing on it. But look, the prime minister is is very adamant in saying the rules are the rules. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter who you are if you're not vaccinated and you don't have some kind of medical exemption then or religious exemption, then you're not going to be allowed into the country. And yeah, it's crazy that he's been there that long. And yeah, it's crazy there's been a mix up. But if that's the bottom line and he hasn't been vaccinated and there is no exemption, he should be out of there. He shouldn't well, be you know, Megan, I'm a, I'm a big fan of common sense. Right. And I'm oh. a big and I'm a big fan of the prime minister looking at his country as a whole. How much money? Does that tennis tournament bring into the citizens of Australia? Number one. Number two, you're not talking about some schmuck who wants to come in and he's ranked 4,000. You're talking about a guy who has the finances to absolutely totally isolate, to get tested every 15 minutes if they want him to. And although the rules are the rules, least as the prime minister, as the prime minister, you are allowed to make exceptions. We don't pardon people for crimes. We don't let people, prime ministers and presidents don't let yeah. people out of jail who have been commit sentenced. Crime, yes. don't, don't let them commit the crime. I mean, come on, Arthur, what kind of message? It's is not that a crime. Is? It is it's not a crime. It's that it's about of course, it, when you're the prime oh. minister, it's all about money. It's all about money. Wait, 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 wait. But hold on. But but hold on. And I'll give you the floor, Elise, that what they're saying is that he received a medical exemption um, before he got there. And now it seems like the feds and the state over there are sort of pointing the finger at each other over who gave him that exemption. But here's what's weird to me. The reports are that. They singled him out upon landing in Australia, not because they were like "Hmm, medical exemption, but because they were like he publicly decried vaccine mandates, not even just vaccines, vaccine mandates, and therefore said red flag. Let's look. Let's look further into this case, which this is nuts. This is very, very big brothery. I I don't I don't see it that way. Look, he said he said he's been out there on social media saying he doesn't believe in vaccinations. Nobody should be mandated. But the rules, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm repeating myself. The rules are the rules. It's required in Australia to have the vaccine. And if you want to come in, he's coming in as a guest of the country. I don't care. I mean, 
obviously I care that he's the number one player and he's rich and all that, but it shouldn't matter. I mean, that because the message that that would send to the rest okay, of the Lisa, Australian populace this? How, how by the way, this? COVID is going let, let me see if I can persuade you with this argument. Okay, try. Okay. Unlike, let's, I'll just say myself, uh, my body is not exactly my temple, okay? <laughs> but, but his body is, right? I mean, this is, you're talking about one of the greatest athletes to have ever walked the planet Earth. Yeah. And he watches very much like Tom Brady and Michael and Phelps right. and all of these. He watches every little ounce that goes into his body whether it be lack of alcohol, whether it be organic romaine lettuce, so steroids, I, I would say, no, just kidding. I have no evidence for this of that particular person that for this particular person under these circumstances, a medical exemption, which <laughs> Australia does have, Australia does have a medical exemption. It should be employed. No, because it's not going to apply here. A medical exemption means if you can't take the vaccine for some reason. You just made my argument even stronger, which is that he has no medical exemption. How do you know? We don't How know does that. He know? How does he know? How does he what happens if he does take the vaccine and he has a reaction that ends his tennis career? This is a guy who's vying for the championship of all grand slams of all time. He's tied in a three-way tie. Come to Australia where those are the rules. Go play oh. somewhere else where those aren't the rules. You can't okay, play so but first of all, can I just say something? By the rules. Can I say something? Game of rules. It, whether also, whether the country is a game of whether rules. he deserves the medical exemption or not doesn't change the effect on the Australian population. Right. Like he, let's say he legitimately can't get it for some reason. He's still right. going to go over there unvaccinated. So if Australia allows some people to be there unvaccinated because they have medical exemptions or whatever it is, then why wouldn't they allow Novak Djokovic, who, as Arthur points out, can absolutely stay completely isolated away from every he is, the, as I understand it, the defending champ at the Australian Open number one in the world, going to generate tons of money for the Australians. Why wouldn't they say, we will allow you to do it? You speak to no one, get near no one. You're already here for God's sake. Because those are special applications, special rules, bending the rules, however you want to say it, that wouldn't be given if you or I tried to do the same thing. And that's not. But you or I are not the defending. Right. We're not the defending. It doesn't no temple money argument, Arthur. This is not a money argument. This is a health argument. This is a rules argument. Okay. But that can be argument. that can I, be what I started checked. off by saying. Can we make it a common sense argument? And what Megan just said is he's going to be totally isolated. He's going to be away from everybody. He's and so that's not really a health team. argument. He's still playing on the 17th. They, again, they wouldn't allow us in. Why should they allow him in? It's like his he's, little he's germs. He's a special individual. Like I just say, have you, it's not like oh. tennis is not like football where they're on top of each other. You know, it's like he's there and like nobody's anywhere near him. I think this and is crazy. The ball crazy. boys, the ball girls, the umpires, the fans, you know, Omicron is spread. I mean, I, again, I'm not going to get into the medical part of this because that's for the doctors to do. And they, if, if they decide there's no medical exemption, which... Arthur kindly made that point just fantastically for me, then he doesn't apply under the rules. And that's not fair to treat rich and famous people differently than we treat the rest of us. Well, I, think I don't know. Megan if I and I that. would agree with you if it was some rich and famous person who wanted to take their yacht into Sydney. Okay, so, you, okay, so there's so no exemption. But, and and I, I will tell you, my medical exemption is this. 
the way Tom Brady will not have an ounce of sugar in his diet, will not touch alcohol, their their bodies are different than ours. They monitor everything that goes into their body. And as, as vaccinated as we all are, his doctor, his trainers may be saying, listen, we do not know what reaction you're going to have if you take this vaccine. We do not want you to take as, it. As, as, healthy as, his from body, as healthy as his body is, he apparently tested positive for COVID in 2020. Doesn't and, he, and he was fine. And he, was he has natural immunity. Then he doesn't need the vaccine. All right, wait, wait. Uh, can I ask you, Arthur? This is, we're going to post on YouTube. We always post about two hours after the show ends. Can, can I put up your polar bear plunge photo since you've referenced no, your temple right. body? Yeah, absolutely. I'm putting that up. You've been you've been doing this for years, so you might as well. And you know, Megan, since since you brought up something personal, the one personal thing I wanted to discuss with you is starting on Monday here in New York City, I'm gonna have my very own radio show. What? Stop it. You are? Yeah. Yeah. Exciting. Megan Kelly is gonna do Kelly's quote with me every once in a while, the way Arthur Idala does Megan Kelly with Megan Kelly's. Oh, that is I'm I'm in because I know all your tricks. Yeah. <laughs> we're, gonna do, we're gonna do evening drive here, six to seven PM in New York City. That's awesome. Wait, where? What channel? How do we find you? At nine seventy AM. It's Joe Piscopo does the morning show and John Katzmatidis, who's the billionaire who ran for mayor, is gonna be five to six and I'm gonna be six to seven. So I'm that very excited. That is so fun. Oh my gosh. That yeah. you, done. We'll be there anytime. Lisa and I will go and we'll give him a hard yeah. time, right? Get John in <laughs> on be, and Iglar. Okay, so let's move on. Um fascinating stuff happening in the Ghislaine Maxwell case. I genuinely want to know what you guys think is going to happen on this. Um, She was convicted five out of six counts, sex trafficking, conspiracy, uh, transporting a minor with the intent to engage in criminal sex activity. These are bad, bad charges. She's going away for the rest of her life if this verdict stands. She's already 60. Um, And then you can almost see the moment her lawyer went to see her in her cell to tell her you may have been granted a lifeline. Um, one of the jurors spoke out to Reuters and to the Independent and identified himself only by his first and middle names, Scotty David, and said some things that may get this entire verdict thrown out. Talked about how he had been the victim of, of sexual abuse as a child and about how he mentioned it and used it to persuade some of the other jurors in the jury deliberation room to vote guilty, people who are on the fence. And that would, I guess, be okay if he hadn't failed to disclose that on his juror questionnaire. He didn't disclose it. He claimed he didn't even see it on there. It was on there. And uh, he, now he's saying, oh, well, I just rushed right through the, all the answers. And now, as I understand, at least, both the prose- the prosecution went in there and asked the judge to take a look at this and to possibly reevaluate the verdict. And the defense wants a mistrial. They, they're they like, throw it out right now. Um, so what do you think is going to happen? Well, they're going to have to investigate. I mean, I, from a prosecutor's point of view, you know, you want jurors in there who, as, as Arthur would say, use their common sense, bring their experience. And that's all OK to share that. And if, if that's all it was, it would be fine. But if he didn't, and I, I don't think we're 100% clear that he didn't check that box saying he'd been sexually abused, but there wasn't, there certainly wasn't any follow-up with him, which leads us to think that he didn't check the box. Well, and there'd be no issue if he had checked it. it. There'd be no issue. Okay. So he's claiming he flew through it and that's why. So there was no intent there to deceive. But Arthur and I, and Megan, you, we've all seen cases where there's this stealth juror, you know, jurors that want to get on 
the jury panel. Why? Not because they want to meet out justice, but because they want a book deal. They mm. want fame after it so they can talk about, you know, what, what's happened. If that's the case here and there's a, you know, shown intent to not check that box and get on that jury, then he should never have been on the jury. And I would agree that the, the judges got to follow through on that, perhaps declare a new trial. Arthur, I don't think intent matters. I think if he did not check that box and the prosecution, the defense or the judge in this case was doing some of the questioning of the jurors who said they had suffered. Some of the potential jurors did check the box and say, I'd been a victim of sexual abuse. And the judge would follow up saying, could you be fair in a case like this that involves alleged sexual abuse? Or would you be biased towards the prosecution and the alleged victims? That, and then the jurors, of course, I mean, some say, no, I couldn't. And they're dismissed. And some say, yes, I could. And some who want to write books might say, yes, I could, even though they secretly could not. But this guy wasn't subjected to any of that. So I don't think it matters what his intent was. I think this verdict could go away from the mere fact that he didn't disclose it, no one got to ask him about it. And then he admitted to using it to sway jurors in the deliberation room. So as you guys know, I, my firm, we tried the Harvey Weinstein case. And then we just argued the appeal last uh, December the 15th. And it's a major issue on appeal. It was one of the two issues that were really argued to the judges. Because in that particular case, a juror had just written a book that was not published, so we couldn't read the book yet. It was about to be published. And she was asked in jury selection, does that have to do with, with similar f facts and circumstances that well, about here, uh, about, about a predatory man on a young person? And she answers no. And then the book comes out and if there's, there's more details, she lied a couple of points along the way and the book comes out and it is about a predatory male, a, a teacher going after young, younger people. So it's the exact same issue here, except Harvey's case is in state court, which the law is actually more in favor than in federal court. And I'm going to read to you exactly the United States Supreme Court case from last year. It's a two part test in federal court where Ms. Maxwell is. One, a party must first demonstrate that a juror failed to answer honestly a material question during jury selection and then show that a correct response would have provided a valid basis for a challenge for cause. So to break that down, it means that this person should have checked off yes yeah. in the questionnaire. And then if the judge questioned that person and that question, that person's answers gave the defense a reason to challenge that juror, then it looks like there should be a reversal here. It is a higher bar in the federal court than in the state court. So we will find out, but it is definitely an appellate issue that the trial judge now, because she hasn't been sentenced yet, so it's still not an appellate issue. It's still for that trial judge to decide. But even if that trial judge says, nah, it wasn't enough, she then could raise it on appeal after her sentence. And, and Arthur, it's even worse here than in your case, because Davis himself, Scotty Davis himself, says that what he said swayed the jurors. Remember, they were out for some 40, 40, 50 hours. And he said what he said actually swayed them. So if that's all true, he didn't check the box, wasn't questioned, I really do think it's it's a bad issue for the prosecution. Yeah, another jury in Harvey's case said, though, that the woman who wrote the book was very forceful and very powerful in the jury room during the deliberations. And that jury, that Harvey's jury, I think, went out Monday and came back the following Monday. So... They're very similar. Believe me, when my was team your, was, was reading your about juror, what happened in the Maxwell case, we were like, wow, this is this is really 
Wait, so vote. Arthur, was your juror was a juror issue in the Harvey Weinstein case writing a a, a novel or a she work had, of she had she had written a novel and she claimed that it was a novel, but then after the verdict, but before the the uh, so after he's found guilty, but before her book comes out, she's doing these um interviews and she's like it's a novel but it was basically autobiographical and oh. i'm the person who gets molested in the book oh mm. oh yeah. yeah well that's getting a little similar um yeah. i don't know i think this is problematic i mean i i i actually i'd be feeling pretty hopeful if i were galane maxwell right now that this verdict gets thrown out now that doesn't mean she's free right. I mean, she's she would be retried I and mean, the prosecution's not going to say oh well we screwed up with this one juror not even them but that there was a screw up with this one juror but man i bet scotty david is really sorry that he decided to give interviews it's like there's just no maybe, upside. maybe not megan and maybe no, not. yeah unless that's what he wanted the whole time i mean he didn't realize right when he said that 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 might mean that the whole t- the you know, the whole thing would be reversed. He may not have realized that. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was one of these self-jurors that wanted to now get the publicity and then a book. Maybe uh, you're right. But the outcome is the same. So he should go and by his real name. Yeah, the prosecution actually came to the judge and said, hey, you got to take a look at this. So they've okay, been wait, honest I, we're right about it. Let me shift gears and I want to stay on on Maxwell for a minute and more, or more Epstein because I'm also really interested in the Prince Andrew aspect of this. So I heard a lot of people saying like, oh, he should be worried now that Ghislaine was convicted. Forget the juror issue. But, you know, there was a conviction. Um, I don't know if that's true. I think if Ghislaine were going to start naming names and telling details, she would have already done it. The prosecution didn't seem to be interested in offering her a deal for those kinds of details, at least according to what we read in the press. Um, But what has emerged now, because he's been sued by Virginia Jufre, maiden name Roberts. And this is the one who I don't think there's any question. Jeffrey Epstein abused her. Jeffrey Epstein trafficked her to a number of men. But Virginia Roberts Jufre has named many, many men um, as on the receiving end of those offerings. And one of them is Prince Andrew. Another one is our pal Alan Dershowitz. And I've said publicly before, because I did take a deep dive into this before I did a long interview with Alan last fall. I don't believe he did a thing to Virginia Roberts. I don't believe that. Um, I, if you look Thank at the history you, of her I'll, statements. I'll put you on the jury. I'll put you on yeah. the jury when I'm representing Alan. Uh, good. I hope you do. Because if you look at the history of her statements about Alan, they're deeply troubling. They're all over the board. And she clearly was egged on to name him by somebody who thought she'd get more publicity if she included a star lawyer like Alan. In, in the list of defendants. And the objective uh, evidence doesn't support it. I'm not, look, I could be wrong. I, I'd be shocked if I were. I stand by Alan on that one. Uh, but I believe she was a victim. And I don't know about Prince Andrew. But now what we've learned is that she's filed a civil lawsuit against him. We knew that against Prince Andrew. Now he's trying to get out of it, guys, because she got a $500,000 settlement from Jeffrey Epstein years ago, Virginia did. And that seemed to try to give a blanket of immunity, stop her ability to sue many third party beneficiaries of the settlement agreement, including ones who were known to her as her abusers at the time. And she had already said in her complaint against Epstein at the time she'd been trafficked out by him to royalty. So Andrew's lawyers are going into court now to say you have to dismiss this lawsuit against him. He was a third party beneficiary of the settlement she signed with Jeffrey Epstein years ago. And so far, the judge doesn't seem too warm to that argument. But what are your thoughts on Prince Andrew and how the hell he gets out of this lawsuit? 
I think it's problematic for him because I don't think that that settlement that she signed with Epstein is going to hold water against and Prince Andrew. And here's why. The, she can be subpoenaed, and that subpoena to testify in a criminal or civil trial will outweigh a private agreement. Right. It's going to appear she's suing. She's suing him civilly. And he's saying it's barred because you already agreed that you wouldn't sue me. It's not, though, because that agreement, the thing that we're all looking at is that agreement with the settlement that says, you know, she's can't talk. There's nobody else involved or, you know, other third parties, but she can be subpoenaed and that subpoena will trump the settlement. And she'll have what? to testify. Who and would if subpoena she her? That Andrew was in there. Who? It's game starts I, all over again. This doesn't right. sound right. Am I confused? Because we bring a civil no, lawsuit. No, You're the plaintiff. Megan, Megan the, the, listen, I, I, as everyone knows, or you know, yeah, I represent Alan Dershowitz in this in this matter, and he's around it. Um, so I listened to the hour and a half argument on the phone in front of Judge Lewis Kaplan, who's like a storied Southern District uh, judge who, and you're correct, did not sound like he was leaning in Prince Andrew's uh, direction. But the argument was she, although at least you're correct, if she's subpoenaed, she yeah. can be forced to testify. Yeah. But she's the one who's bringing the suit. And they're saying you can't bring a suit because when you accepted $500,000, that was the end of it. And it the way Prince Andrew is uniquely situated is it refers to you can't charge anyone who's royalty. And they're saying that was a veiled reference to Prince Andrew. He was the only one she's ever said she's been abused by who's royalty. And royalty is Prince Andrew. You accept $500,000 in return. You're giving up your right. To sue him, you are your damages are being awarded or being rewarded or you're being you're getting a benefit because of your damages because of what happened to you from Jeffrey Epstein and from Prince Andrew and from anyone else in that circle. So you give up your rights. Prince Andrew is not named in that settlement, just royalty, as you said. And again, if this now goes into a criminal, which it hasn't yet, but if it goes, it could go into a criminal charge. Forget about forget about the civil lawsuit. It goes into a criminal charge against Prince Andrew. She will be subpoenaed. Well, but the, the whole thing is about c- is about civil. I don't think he's yeah, going to get charged. Prince Andrew is not going to get charged. She's criminal. trying to sue him to get money for Prince Andrew, that. and their it's, argument is you already is got the money. You got the money. Huge deal. This is a huge deal in the UK. Huge deal in the UK. If Prince Andrew actually has to sit for a deposition, if he has to settle this case, God forbid, on his behalf, if he if he had to if he were found civilly liable, stripped of royal duties, which has already happened after that disastrous interview he gave. But I mean, he could face a lot of penalties over there, and he could basically, especially once we have a King Charles instead of a Queen Elizabeth, you know that. He's already talking about narrowing the scope of who's within sort of the royal family and gets all the benefits and all that. I mean, P- Prince Andrew's got a lot riding on how this case comes out. It's fascinating to me. I got to switch gears because I only have a couple minutes. Talk about Elizabeth Holmes, another fascinating woman to me. I mean, she definitely, you know, she definitely misled people. There's no question. She's found guilty of misleading investors, though not patients. And I wonder what you think is going to happen to her and how long she's likely looking at in terms of sentencing. Arthur, I'll start with you on that one. I, you know, I followed the case a little bit. It was a long trial. There were a lot of witnesses. And I mean, you know, she did assemble really smart people around her. Um, And it doesn't sound like it was all smoke and mirrors. It sounded like there was 
a real product there that she was possibly had this this blood test that was super fast, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, there's that, as you said, the jury has spoken, but there's that fine line between a business being a legitimate business and then falling apart and then just straight up fraud. So I don't know this judge. I mean, unlike the judges we're talking about here in New York, I do know those judges. But I mean, she's not going to get a life sentence or anything like that. Do I think she's going to see the inside of a jail cell? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, The people who got hurt here are not exactly like, you know, people who gave up their pensions to no, it's not this. Ma and Pa shop owners. Right. Exactly. Well, but it's, but that, it's, that's that's what was wrong, I think, with with the way the prosecution put this together is they focused primarily on the investors and the fraud there and not on the patients. They had 32 witnesses. I think they have three. I know they have three witnesses that were patient witnesses. You know how much time those three witnesses actually took to stand? A total of 65 minutes for all three of them, nine minutes mm-hmm. for one dentist to talk about how the how the test results had come back and what it did to him. I mean, people were really hurt, real people, not just yeah. moguls who, who invested with her. This woman should see some, some serious time. Each count carries 20 years as a max. She won't get that. I mean, you know, worst case scenario, they run consecutively. It won't. They'll push them all together. But I don't know. I'm saying under five, Megan. That's under my five? number. Under five. Oh, yeah, five years. Mm. Um, under five i've seen i've I've watched so many podcasts on her and so on but there's a there's a great uh it's on hbo max a documentary called the inventor on her that i'm in the middle of now it's just fascinating how she managed to fool so many people and and where where do we draw the line between you know optimism and fraud uh it raises all sorts of interesting questions you guys thank you so much it's a pleasure arthur and lise arthur i'll talk to you on monday on your radio show Happy New Year. Listen, don't miss the show tomorrow. We've got Sergeant Stuart Scheller. Remember him? Spoke out about Afghanistan, forced out of the military. He's here tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Megan Kelly Show. No BS, no agenda, and no fear. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.